ंड In conversation today with Adi Manral, Shasta Vaishnav and Harshita Murarka, we will discuss music by Ramya Pothuri, books by Peter Wallibin and Vietha Nguyen, and the recent Netflix film Paglait. So strap in and let's go around the chakkar. So I'm here with managing director of the chakkar Adi Manral. Adi, how are you doing? I'm doing good listening to new music Karan um making the most of the lockdown as much as we can how are you doing I'm good welcome back to the podcast you weren't with us last month but uh you've returned and 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 you've chosen uh, a, a a genre of music that we haven't yet done yet in on our podcast which is I would say R&B Indian R&B is is what I would call this uh your artist of the month this month uh you chose Ramya Pothuri and her song sunlight to be our song of the month uh let, let's talk about that let, let's talk about this track um why did you choose the song uh yeah well honestly uh this is one of my top songs right now like like hands down hmm. this song caught my ears as soon as i was uh, you know like on spotify listening to a bunch of music this song pops out and to my surprise it's ramaya pothari and hmm. you know this has been stuck like even today like hearing the song again this morning it's still going on in my head it's 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 a very very catchy tune you can you can you can tell um r&b yeah you, you know like it's r&b it's um, i'm not sure if that was the intent or has been the intent for all of our music but uh, this is clearly r&b like in that in that space um and a beautiful track very well made track very nice synth at the back very soothing to the ears um so yeah i thought this was uh, like you said we haven't covered something like this but this was all by chance hmm. only because something that struck out in in this whole um when i say noise not in a bad way uh when something just pops out um so yeah this was that song which which yeah so i thought this would be good to pick up for for this thing and it um it's strangely the the mood of the song the the mellow nature of the, of this beat uh, her voice it it does sort of uh, accompany the the feeling that many are going through in this time even though the song is about i think it's a love song um the the, the vibe of the song the mood of the song has that sense of loneliness a sense of solitude the, the sense that many of us are feeling you know being under lockdown or or, or being in curfew as we are so so it, it 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 did feel very relaxing and very fitting to just being at home and 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 a sense of stillness as you said it 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 cuts off all the noise and and you just enjoy the very basics of the track which is her voice her her really like sultry soulful voice um you enjoy the very low key mellow beat that that accompanies this voice 
and that's about it um so yeah. tell me a little bit more about this artist uh, ramya is she um, has she been relevant in the indie scene for a, a while in india now well yeah yeah she's been uh, picking up quite well and uh, i i think everyone has slowed down with the, with the pandemic and mm-hmm. lockdown but uh, i think 2016 was the time when she came up with her first ep mm-hmm. and has uh, constantly been pushing and and her name keeps coming up every now and then she joined a band called ladies compartment in 2017 uh, uh, they they've been in the scene and quite a popular popular band they, they went on playing at abish matthews uh, you know the live show that he runs um, live with abish um, and and um, yeah so so yeah, ramaya is uh, somebody known uh, coming from she she's, she grew up in the us uh, moved to india and is settled in mumbai and in the mumbai circuit is uh, is is quite well known uh, before she released the music she was doing a bunch of shows uh, for hotels and you know restaurants cafes pubs she had a tie up with some sort of a hotel like this is all from her bio that i was reading like you know mm. she she played in a hotel like a five star hotel or something for six months um so you know she she did all of that got well known like people knew her in the local scene and then uh, started producing her own music like her own original stuff and um this is the kind of music like this the space that she's chosen this is very r&b now mm. uh before you would see that she had uh, some sort of um, there are drops of r&b in her music but this is like full on r&b mm. and um, yeah really good stuff yeah so i've seen uh, you mentioned ladies compartment i've seen them perform live at um uh, at a music festival in pune at the nh7 mm. weekender and uh, and you're right like their music isn't entirely r&b either uh, they so she took a bit of a turn with with this track at least um but yeah at the end of the day this is just a beautiful love song this powerful songwriting and uh, what i like about this track is that i think this is an artist who exactly knows her strengths in terms of her voice and mm-hmm. she has the musical accompaniment and the melody to to match those strengths so um yeah i mean thank you for choosing this track and uh, any other words of uh, of preview or any other last words you have before we before we play the song no i think she's uh, she's working on her ep now and okay. um, like i said lockdown pandemic everything has slowed down uh, for each musician everybody is feeling the uh, you know facing these challenges and uh, and so i think the ep is delayed but but if this is something that she's been working on or, or or this is the sound that she's been working on it sounds really good like you said her her voice stands out in the track uh, everything accompanies her voice and she's a very powerful singer and uh, what i like about the track is that it's very simple like it's it's not complicated it's easy to follow um so yeah i think people would enjoy the track and we will all look at, from the chakkar we would be looking forward to the ep um, hopefully this year from ramaya so so this is uh, ramya's pothuri sunlight it was released in march this year and we're happy to have this as our track of the month sunlight on my eyes the way we move in 
So I'm here with Shasta Vaishnav. Shasta, how are you doing? I'm okay, Karan. How are you? I'm good. Uh, let's talk about what you've been reading. Great. So I have been reading a very, very interesting book called The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter okay. Wollivan. Okay. Uh, and now the reason uh, one of my book clubs last year had recommended this book and, and I had bought it on everything and I had started reading it, but I was not very enthusiastic about it. And uh, I'd read a forward by Pradeep Kishan, mm-hmm. uh, who's, uh, who happens to be Arundhati Roy's ex-husband. Uh, Arundhati? Yeah, yeah, correct. And... Um, uh, so I had started reading it and I wasn't really kicked. I thought, okay, it's like a documentary book. Uh, uh, it's like a, you know, uh, a nonfiction sort of, uh, it's not exactly my cup of tea. Hmm. But uh, as soon as I started like getting into it and I was like, you know, a little more into a few more chapters, it is absolutely, um, it is absolutely riveting. And it's funny because it's, it, 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 <laughs> it's literally about what it says, the hidden life of trees. 
so it, you won't believe it karan there are so many things that we just take for granted right when we look at the when we look at forests around us and everything we don't realize what's going on in there in terms of communication hmm. so one of the big things he writes about is the wood wide web right like there's this whole thing going on under the earth under the soil with the roots of trees and how they communicate with each other via nerve endings via fungi um trees communicate via light sound uh colors uh you know i mean this this electrical impulses there's so there's so much pretty much like us like how we communicate with our sound waves mm-hmm. apparently there are sound waves there as well right and the, it's so fascinating because there's so much that he writes about that mirrors society that mirrors humans as a species so for example trees okay they never let uh, they they survive as a community so uh, so uh, for all of them to survive all of literally all of them have to thrive like they can't it's you know how a chain is only as strong as its weakest link right so they ensure that there is no weak link it's like everybody even if a tree is sick it will get like sugar and energy and all from the surrounding trees you know mm-hmm. because if one tree is sick and it gets like pulled down and there's a gap in the canopy light can come in insects can come in a lot of harm can happen to the whole community mm. so trees i feel they if a trees i feel have realized something that we haven't realized yet mm-hmm. that there is no, there is no other you know mm-hmm. like how we are constantly Uh, making our own groups and belittling minorities and discriminating and uh, we don't realize that uh, you know it's there is no other if hmm. we are bullying or othering another community it's some, somewhere is going to come back to us because hmm. at the end of the day as a species we need to be united to survive you know it's not survival of the fittest it's everybody has to connect and survive and thrive and hmm. this is what the forest has really got right i feel and you know there are so many other fascinating things that are like how um how trees avoid inbreeding okay when you when a species are inbreeding there is chance of them dying out right because that's not how nature works it's the same thing with trees so they literally avoid inbreeding by pollinating very differently like uh inviting bees uh you know they have a whole system going on of pollination mm-hmm. they some of them pollinate every 2 3 years because um wild boars and deer eat their seeds they'll ensure that their own pollen doesn't fall on their own you know like it's it's just fascinating this whole uh book i mean of course he describes it very well in in not scientific terms but interesting scientific terms which is mm. why i think that uh, there's a documentary uh, going to be made on it as well this year out this year and of course it's shot beautifully i've seen the trailer um and of course now karan he writes about german germany and german forests and all the trees are obviously european or you know the trees that we don't really see around here mm-hmm. so i have actually started keeping an eye out for trees here and like how they sort of feel like they're communicating because he keeps saying that trees on their own are like solitary teenagers uh, if you just see one tree let's say in the middle of a field mm-hmm. that trees not really going to survive because trees thrive in a community just like a yeah. just like humans you know so it will survive your 80 100 years but mm-hmm. your 400 500 year old trees are properly surviving in this social network thriving social network of a forest yeah. you know so so i'm looking around at me and i'm currently in a hilly wooded area and uh, you know it really seems like 
think it's true because the soul trees I see are quite forlorn looking and they're mm-hmm. not healthy really, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I see this this lovely these wooded areas and they just they look as if they are relying on each other to survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot that you can obviously relate to uh, flora and fauna here as well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm I haven't it's... finished, but I am going to do it very soon. And I'm really happy that I did decide to continue. <laughs> it it really is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, I have so many questions like follow up questions. I, I I didn't realize that I would. I mean, you know, we're all interested in trees because you know trees are important for our livelihood, right? But yeah. then but then to think about them in these terms as a community and uh, from what what you made it sound like the fact that they support each other uh it's 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 like the 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 one functioning level of communism that exists that is is between trees it actually works you know that they're they're a community that actually makes sure that no one falls behind yeah. right um that's true that's true so, so that that is super fascinating and um it, speaking of solitary trees i mean now you know obviously you got me thinking about the trees in my neighborhood i'm in delhi and delhi uh, <laughs> despite being having this um d- despite having the you know the infamy of being one of india's most polluted cities it actually is a very green city it is super polluted right. but it's a city of gardens there's there's massive gardens everywhere there's massive trees everywhere including in my That's neighborhood true. there are these really old i mean I, i'm no like uh, you know botanist treeologist whatever they call it <laughs> like I, I, like I, i couldn't look at a tree and guesstimate its age but uh some of these trees like the roots that their branches they look so old and a lot of them are actually what i find interesting is that these old trees are actually okay standing by the, by their own what i've noticed here like they're actually they have these old trees and they're just you'll see this like ancient tree in the middle of a field sometimes you know um now maybe that is a you different know, Yeah. No, but you won't believe it, Karan, because we don't know what's going on underground. Mm. So they are actually their roots have spread out in such a way that they are actually communicating with the nearest tree and near oh. them, you know, and sort of via fungi, etc. They are getting there, mm. and and trees can really tell each other that there's danger nearby. Like mm. if if uh, if caterpillars are eating a certain tree's leaves, mm. the tree will sort of communicate it to other trees, so they start putting out this chemical that makes the leaf bitter. for mm. these weevils and caterpillars and also they they literally they are sly or if there's a weevil <laughs> eating the tree literally mm. if there's a weevil eating the leaf they'll put out some other kind of chemical or fragrance that makes people um, predators who eat weevils come and eat the weevil wow. so they'll start attacking <laughs> they'll attract a predator for their predator that's amazing. you know so yeah so that's the thing right even if we do see solitary trees around somewhere there are mm. shrubs there are roots there are says something you know they they are yeah. thriving off each other so um and, and he says peter wolopin says that you know there have been times he works in lumber mm-hmm. in the lumber industry where he has to actually you know cut the trees and whatever make them into mm-hmm. wood and paper and everything um and that's how he knows so much about it and he says mm-hmm. that there are times when they've cut stumps and they've come back and the stumps have grown a little bit again and like mm-hmm. there's there's you know more there's moss on them and they're, they're still alive Yeah, and they're being kept alive. They're being kept alive by the trees around them. Wow, you know, so it's it's just it's absolutely crazy. And I can safely say that I'm looking at trees completely differently. <laughs> and after my whole life of just sort of taking trees for granted, now it's just like you you understand, you realize what patches are thriving, 
which trees are really communicating mm-hmm. which trees are sick and being eaten uh you know what are the fragrances the fragrances trees put out are not for us you know yeah. like we may enjoy it mm-hmm. we may enjoy a nice maple fragrance i don't know whichever mm-hmm. fragrance there is but it's really not for us so um so all of this is really really eye opening and i would say um definitely if you're one of those people who is interested in anything to do with nature trees mm-hmm. etc this is a must read because i honestly thought it would be boring i honestly <laughs> yeah i wasn't it's, a big <laughs> it's yeah. it's also like a it's a great reminder of the fact that you know that that they are after all living beings too you know i think we we study living beings in school you know in, like yeah. you study it early on you study in class 1 class 2 science you know humans animals plants and this is how it's clearly like divided among you know the, the cycle of living beings but it's easy to forget that vegetation trees plants they're all living beings too even though we know it we are aware of it we see them grow i don't think we are as conscious about how conscious they are right like they they have a conscience and uh, and uh, i mean and books like these it, it's a good reminder of just how like how amazing in general you know like nature is <laughs> i know this sounds like such a banal no, statement no no but... you're right because i'm constantly thinking that because obviously there's a pattern there's a way it's been made the way we are that's exactly the way they are they're not very different from us mm-hmm. you know so it's 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 fascinating to realize that everything has been made in a similar pattern and mm-hmm. um you know everything they experience sorrow all of that is to come of course i'm not i haven't reached mm-hmm. there yet but okay. it's um, and and what he said is that the research has just started for all of this it's very very wow. late in life that we started researching the wood wide web and apparently mm-hmm. it's like rich with information so um you know trees have a lot of secrets they're so old they've literally been there longer than most people yeah, yeah and it's 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 really fabulous everything in fact there was another really uh, fun part which i'm trying to recall um right the, the 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 seeds and the leaves of trees have so much nutrition that we forget that that is where everything came from right that's where mm-hmm. that's where sugar came from like chlorophyll and the leaves make energy they make sugar and like even their seeds are full of oil and good fats like like acorns and uh, all of these seeds are full of good fat which is why wild boars and deer eat them you know because they can like put on that layer of fat for winter so this our basic nutrition comes from here and you know mm-hmm. we've sort of um, i mean not forgotten but yeah you're right we've forgotten that this there's such a big part of our life you know mm-hmm. so that's that's what i'm realizing now now what made um, you pick it up was it the fact that i mean um, your 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 reading group your, your your book group did they pick it up because it was because of documentary about to come out or was there any particular reason why this book was um, was sort of chosen for right now there was yeah i think there's a doctor in goa who was part of our book club and he was uh, you know particularly interested in this okay and uh, when this book came out in 2016 it did get a lot of attention because i feel like once people read it they realized how much how rich it is with information that people didn't really know unless mm-hmm. you delve into botany and this kind of you know uh, mm-hmm. science you don't really know these things but they're so they're so wondrous because it's right in front of you it's part yeah. of you it's part of your life and yet you don't know what's happening under the soil under the you know with leaves etc so i think uh, he wanted to sort of uh, read more about it so he picked it up then he raved about it and then mm. he suggested it 
which is why I definitely I bought it and everything. And then I was hesitant to read it simply because when you want to read, you want to read some masala, you want to read some <laughs> mystery, or you want to yeah. read some yes nonfiction as well, or you want to read something that's riveting. So I thought maybe this is going to be like one of those study books, you know, like textbooks like kids do, and you know, but it's really not like that. It's not like that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um, what I've been reading definitely has a lot of masala, and it's definitely one of these books oh. that that I have been, you know, that, that I was like looking forward to read. You, you know, it was it, it's, um. So I read, uh, uh Viet Thanh Nguyen's The Committed. And uh, right. it was published in uh, March in the US earlier this year. But I, I don't, I don't think it got to India until a month or two ago. But okay. I, I have been so anticipating this book. It was, it's almost you know how like kids would anticipate every new Harry Potter release, or how, right. or how as you would you know when like people who are fans of Marvel are were like really waiting for Avengers get first in line. I was like this about this book. I was like so hyped. Uh, and it, it's been a long time since I've been like since I get excited about a brand new book drop. You know, normally I'll okay. I'll wait for a book to get the reviews and then ha- have people tell me what they think and then I will make up okay. my mind right later on. Um, yeah, yeah. But this is uh, the reason I was excited because this is uh, uh, Nguyen's second novel. And it's a sequel to his debut, The Sympathizer, that came out in 2015. Uh, the okay. Sympathizer is one of honestly, one of the, my favorite books of the last 10, 15 years, you know, it won the Pulitzer Prize in 2016 in won many wow. major awards. Um, it, it, it was a historical spy novel, but also very literary. It was comedic, okay. love action, the themes of immigration identity. Um, so I just okay. had to read yeah. the committed. When I found out he's doing a sequel to this novel, I was like, okay, I'm there. You know, he also, <laughs> in between, he also released a short story collection called The Refugees. Uh, which was okay. also excellent but so so this guy's work like he uh, he you know um he's he's of vietnamese descent and a lot of his mm-hmm. work deals with themes of identity between vietnam and the, and the western world so um mm. the the sympathizer was a lot about um it, it follows basically the same unnamed uh well the committed the book the second book which i'm reading right now it follows mm-hmm. the same unnamed narrator that was featured in the sympathizer he doesn't have a name or he has many names. I think like often people call him crazy bastard or they call him, call him um, Wodan. So in the first uh, novel, he's a double agent. He's a North Vietnamese spy in the South Vietnamese army in the mid 1970s. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. stories of traverses through Vietnam and then to the US and he ends up being a cultural advisor in a Vietnam war film that feels very much like apocalypse now. Um, wow. Then he returns to Vietnam and a lot of the focus is on the dual identity of the narrator. So, because he's... Um, his father is French, his mother is Vietnamese, and how he right. balances the two sides of his identity. He's half fight, half Vietnamese. He's half capitalist, half communist. So right. in the sequel, I won't, I won't give up how the sympathizer ends, but because um, I think you should read that too. But in this one, in the committed, so now he's not in the US anymore. Now he comes to Paris, to France, which he calls his fatherland. Uh, in the right. same, because that's where his dad's from, and that's also uh, the French colonized Vietnam. So... Right. Uh, we're now in the late 70s, early 80s, I think. And he's there mm-hmm. with his friend Bond, who is a staunch anti-communist. But mm-hmm. the narrator himself ends up living with a woman that they call his auntie. She's not really his auntie, I think. Um, mm-hmm. who, is, who is part of like a French communist group. So already he's playing this tug of war. Like he can, the narrator can straddle both worlds with surprising ease. Like he sees no contradictions. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of possible because like uh, Nguyen's writing is just so like, it's so interesting. It's so hilarious. It's so thoughtful, you know. Um, right. Unlike the... So, pre- yeah, sorry, go on. So, sorry, is, it, is it as good as The Sympathizer so far? I'm almost done with The Committed. I, um, I would not say it's as good as The Sympathizer, but it's... Okay. It, it is really, really good. I mean, it's it, it would have been almost difficult to be as good as Sympathizer, you know? It's The Sympathizer uh, to me was almost a perfect novel. And I think, <laughs> and I, I would consider this, I mean, this has been, been my favorite novel this year. So it's it's still pretty good. It's it's as good as a sequel as you can get, you know? Um, yeah. Unlike The Sympathizer, this one is more of like a gangster saga. So the narrator okay. now, he joins a local Vietnamese gang in Paris where okay. uh, there's kind of a gang war with French Algerians. So there's a lot of themes. I mean, there's like the surface level action plot, but beyond right. that, there's a the themes of colonization and, and bastard children of the French empire. So whether it's the uh-huh. Vietnamese or whether it's Algerians or other African nations who have all been colonized, you know? So there's right. a lot of discussions about race and politics, even in the midst of this kind of like funny gangster adventure. Um, right. Uh, like the previous book, this one does a really good job in keeping me entertained as, as a quote-unquote thriller. But also, I would stop and I have to like really slow down and think about it because the themes are so complex that, that they're confronting with, you know. Um, mm. He, uh, Nguyen is really good at his ability of writing about, of writing about kind of gross out things with beauty. So mm. again, I won't spoil it, but the sympathizer has has a particularly weird scene involving a dead squid, uh, which if anyone has read it immediately, they'll be going e right now. Um, this one has a has a particular memorable scene of um, a memory of of the sacramental bread at, at a Catholic church. So there's, okay. there's there's certain moments he just writes really beautifully and he sexualizes things when they shouldn't be sexualized, and he sort mm. of zips out sexuality of things where you would expect it so um, mm-hmm. there is that you know i mean personally i think uh, these are type of novels i love best you know which which give you good you know memorable stories memorable characters but also when you read it or when you pause to read it you are thinking about something way deeper than the actual plot you know you're thinking about you know how the world works or how you know there's imbalance in the world works how there's injustice in the world works stuff like that you know um, yeah yeah, it, you know, <laughs> I, I would normally add some criticism, but honestly, this, uh, I, I think this, this story is what it is. I don't think it, 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 it could have been, it, I feel like this is one of those books that was, it was told in the way it should be told in the voice and, and to, its, uh, to the limit that it, it, it's supposed to be told, as in the, the story exists beyond the storyteller almost, you know? Wow, um, yeah, yeah, very powerful. It's, yeah, it's yeah. very moving. <laughs> Those are the best kind of books, yeah, that you really get thinking about other things that, you know, um, and that's exactly the point, right? To do it without being obvious, uh, but yet at the same time, so obvious. So that's great. I will put this on my list as well. I like reading books that are completely out of my comfort zone. And I think The Sympathizer and The Committed both sound fairly out of my comfort zone with the whole gang thing and all of that so but I, I i i would like to explore it for sure so um yeah well shesa thanks again for for joining me thanks for your time and uh, i will look forward to watching this documentary about the trees when it comes out <laughs> thank you
अगर हम अपने फैसले खुद नहीं लेंगे ना तो दूसरे ले लेंगे सबको लगा हम पगला गए जब लड़की लोग को अकल आती है ना तो सब उन्हें पगले है ठीक है शादी करेंगे हमसे I'm now here with Harshita Murarka. Harshita, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Uh, and I'm very happy to now, first of all, have you for the first time on the What's the Chakra podcast. We've Likewise. been doing, we've been doing the 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 film and movie, film and TV section with you know other experts who've come in and out. But I really enjoyed your your take on you know a bunch of other things that you've written for us in the past. Uh, and I was very excited when you said you'll be writing about Paglai because I also recently saw that film, and really I enjoyed it. So uh, I want to ask you first, what made you choose that film to to specifically focus your essay on? Um, I don't know. You know, like so. First of all, I'm not an expert, really, but uh, I love cinema, and I really, really, you know, like enjoy watching films, and I don't know something about you know. Uh, deaths and funerals and all of that you know i don't know it just because you know the time that we are in and maybe because i really was interested to see what sanya malhotra does next you know after like a couple of uh, films earlier so i think it was a whole bunch of and also like the fact that it's based in the hindi uh, hinterland so i think that was also uh, one of the uh, draws for me that kind of you know i was really excited to watch the film and uh, yeah so just that and i just i mean i was initially hoping to do like a comparative uh, study between uh, let's say ram prasad ki tejveed uh, another film about the same issue really that came in january i think baglet came in march but then when i kind of watched ram prasad ki telvi i mean i i thought that it, it it is like a really nice film as well but um paglet had something else i mean you know like it does talk about funerals and and grief and all of that but the central premise of the film is something else and i just felt that the comparison with ram prasad ki telvi then would be a little you know like not right though i had a draft in which i had included you know about it but then i just thought that supriya pathak's character amma ji in in ram prasad ki telvi and and sandhya did they have very little in common and and i actually liked and i mean for me the more fascinating aspects of paglet were the things which happened you know at the margins which is also my problem with the film i just thought that you know those were way more interesting and would have made for a richer film mm-hmm. i mean of course you're talking about sandhya throughout and you know she is the protagonist and uh, everything kind of happens but you know like the thing with good uh, directors is that if they focus on the i don't know like the entire thing about the joint family and you know how dysfunctional it is and what happens in funerals and how funerals are very similar to maybe weddings you know when like a lot of people kind of come in and they talk about gossip and old resentments and all of that so you know the thing is that with a good director those things can be so interesting given you know how quirky like the the, the joint family uh, system is and you add to it like a north indian joint family and you already have like a lot to do so so you know it like i did enjoy the atmospheric so to say but i would have liked 
to see more about you know sandhya of like a girl who has a literature ma does not know how to love has never been in love you know like lives with somebody married for like five months doesn't know the man and so, so you know that was very interesting like how it kind of scrutinizes the system of arranged marriage and how it kind of uh, you know like upturns a lot of stereotypes like you know the girl that the girlfriend is not you know vilified and you know how she becomes a catalyst that kind of propels you know sandhya to realizing that she's looking for something and so i think a lot of those things made uh, paglat really interesting yeah I, and you know i want to go back to your briefly mentioned uh, ram prasad ki tarvi and it's it it, it is so uh, it's so ironic that around the same time that uh, between um, a passage of just two or three months we got two films both based around the idea of a tervi now i am from this hindi belt i'm from varanasi i've you know been to all like you mentioned all these small towns in your um, in your essay i've you know been to all of them i spent time in some of them and uh, these structures or these sort of um, these traditions are super important you know these traditions of a tervi and you're 100% right that that it is like a wedding because in many cases you know i think in india and in in a lot of our culture we are really good at just following the tradition we like okay it uh, you know on navratri these things should be done or during a wedding these things should be done during a tarvi these things should be done and uh, almost our whole life revolves around just that following the tradition without actually being emotionally involved sometimes like you know I, I, i'm sure you have been around too like i've been around friends and family who've been who are getting married if it's an arranged marriage and they really have no emotion for it because they're just so busy with the routine of marriage you know and yes. i think um uh paglite i haven't seen ramprasad ki tarvi but paglite showed this that, that, that the routine uh, compassionlessness really well and and when the family members were sad it was you know in in some scenes they were sad for themselves in the sense like oh what will we do now we are financially um you know we're relying on we were relying on our son or in many cases they were just sad because that's part of the routine too okay these are the 13 days you must be sad and then by the end we'll worry about something else but one thing that this film did different so paglait was released as you mentioned uh, in march this year uh, directed by umesh best best um, starring sanjana malhotra one thing it did different was that it sort of by making the death of uh, somebody who was young i think he was 27 if i'm not mistaken yes he was yeah. he was in his late 20s he was in his late 20s uh, so uh, member and he, but see yeah, he's not mentioned like he's we know his name we don't even get to see a picture of his you know yeah. so he of, yeah. the director really is yeah like focused on the rituals of you know like grief and the tervi and all of that which i feel that is very interesting to kind of stage an awakening in the backdrop of death you know and all of that is great but i do feel that you know like now this formula of like a joint family a north indian joint family is getting a little too repetitive because i do feel that the filmmakers have kind of you know found that you know this is something that kind of speaks to people i mean like how bombay used to be the thing in the 90s or you know karan johar's film which took people to london and new york and you know all of that at the 
in the 2000s early 2000s so i do feel that this is now getting a little repetitive because when you get like a stellar cast you know when you have uh, like all these actors rajesh telang shiba chadha shutosh rana and you put them in familiar terrains you know you lose adventure you know you the, the casting probably was too like obviously they are do something like this so you know the the novelty kind of wears off because you expect these actors you have seen them in similar kinds of things for example raghuveer yadav uh, also starred in um, sandeep or pinky farrar a very similar kind of role is based in himachal there but you know the quirks are very similar and we've seen a lot of these films uh, uh, like a lot of them like of late which i feel that you like you know there could have been something else because this film does have like a lot of first like you know arijit singh's uh, debut as a music composer and i felt that some of the songs are just beautiful you know like it it probably could have been used better because some sometimes i just felt that it kind of is overpowering you know what sandhya is feeling and that is something that you need to feel and you're already feeling it as a viewer because the film is made like such in an in a nice way that you do feel it but then you just like feel that it's cluttered you know like you don't want to hear like too many things because and all of that so i think it's it kind of ends up wasting a lot of time and promise uh, in focusing on the rituals of the tervi and i think it's just also bad timing because if ram prasad had not happened two months ago there would still have been some novelty but like for somebody who watches these films and a lot of people have been consuming a lot of more content of late because you know yeah. of the lockdown and all the other things so i think that was a first movers advantage that probably ram prasad did have because if you look at it the ensemble cast and a lot of the quirks and you know the 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 thing happening between teenagers and all of that is very very repetitive it feels as if you know you're watching like the same film in 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 a lot of uh, parts i mean the, the two films were shot in the same place yeah. the the houses are absolutely like similar so all of that but yeah i would have loved to see a little more of sayani gupta and a little more of sandhya uh, uh, sanya malhotra uh, so i mean i just feel that that would have added more heft uh, to 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 something like this yeah and uh, the one thing i was going to say in favor of aglaith was that um, you know that that yes it does you know it, it does now bring what 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 are now becoming these familiar tropes of small towns right small town india uh, the the hindi heartland of india as it is because a lot of people lot of people are realizing compared to the 90s when i guess indian viewers were more aspirational i think now indian viewers need more a uh, familiarity and nostalgia i guess you know or 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 be or being told simple stories but in on a grand scale or or should we say the other way like grand stories on a simple scale whatever it is like basically uh, i think uh, the directors are becoming a little bit more uh, quirky and adventurous in a way and i would say the one thing that worked for this movie was that it challenged that notion of um, of familiarity because astik the husband who died was so young because now all of a sudden we are in this territory of okay so what do we do with a young widow because normally you know there's always you know by time we, we hear these big not even movies in in real life in 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 a lot of cases it's but when you have these theories usually the widow is much older or the widower is much yeah. older um as was the case in ramprasad ki theory and in this movie i think some of the most powerful scenes were how she was almost being a she didn't really belong there it was a five months of wedding but at the same time they feel like that 
that they have to like raise this woman who is obviously way smarter than them and way more like progressive in in many other ways than them but they they don't get along with her they don't even understand her um and and their only way of dealing with her is in passing her on to to, to i mean i won't give away the sort of uh, the climax but basically making her future life decisions for her that that's the only way they can decide that okay uh she's now our responsibility so now we must decide for her instead of actually asking her what she wants to do right um so i think in that sense the the film did go into uh sort of uncharted territory in a way in in, in what it was doing at, at least for a movie that is sort of trying to be a comedy or, or a black comedy that, um, yeah yeah not- i think yeah so i think a young death made a lot of difference there and, a young widow and uh, and i completely agree with you the the relationship between the two women one who is the wife who doesn't love her husband and the other who is like this the former lover who who are they actually shared a, a very deep love and, and that to me was very interesting because uh, you wrote about this in your essay that it could have been completely mishandled under the uh, you know under under the hands of a wrong scriptwriter or a wrong director but they didn't sort of sensationalize that or or didn't like overdo that you know they they kept the relationship kind of tender in a way um and it it had its peaks and troughs too so from from your perspective you know you obviously said that there were some issues where that that the film side to feel a bit repetitive to you um after watching rampasad and after watching other films which are in a similar genre what would you you know what else would you want to see in a film that is trying to um challenge or confront these particular themes these themes of young death these themes of uh, tradition family of of young women's independence stuff like that there, there are a lot of entanglements a lot of themes right uh what would you have liked to see that would i think perhaps improve this film i i don't know so like for example in paglet i would have liked to see you know like a bit more of you know like what sandhya felt or did not feel for aastik a little bit more of you know aastik you know other than you know what his color was because i mean it's yeah. also very interesting that while you're married to somebody for 5 years you don't know them and you five thought months. that you know them because because she says at one point in time ki usko bhi hamari tarah pyar karna nahi aata humko aisa lagta tha so the point is she thought she had made assumptions about her husband but they were completely untrue so i think that was a very like you know like a really novel thing about the film that you know you think that you know somebody you get into like familiar kind of habits and you know you weave like a life around it ki ye bhi boring hai main bhi boring hu mujhe bhi kuch nahi hua <laughs> but it is not not that it it really is not that and which is a major tragedy of arranged marriage i mean i would have also like to see a change of heart in the mother had the insurance money not been involved i mean i just absolutely yeah. hated sandhya's mother and the fact that she was so real i think made my eye like even stronger because you know so she is the one you know who's telling her langdi ladki se shaadi kon karega bachpan se you're preparing so it's like a cow you're preparing for the ultimate destiny doesn't matter if you're a topper it doesn't matter if you have aspirations and all of that all you need to do is to find a boy who earns enough money for both of you and that is about it and 
so on one hand she is very willing to leave her at you know uh, at the hands of destiny you just stay at this home and you're not going anywhere and as soon as there is money involved you want her back to your house because you know how uh, uh, you know like easy it would make your life so the transactional nature of relationships we don't question like you know how um, like we have pedestalized mother selfless ideas of love and how they kind of get questioned when you test people in tricky situations and how this you know this 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 performance of grief like you know you have to if tera din tak aise karna hai waise karna hai ye nahi khana wo nahi khana 14 din everything is going to be fine like you know like 13 days you have done all of that in the 14 day you can go and have the fruit that you wanted or you know the clothes that you wanted to wear so what, what is the like why i i would have liked to see perhaps a sandhya question these uh, traditions more she is just indifferent to whatever is happening around her she just doesn't care and also like you know sandhya all the time is like you know so restless you know she's like darting like you know like it just feels like she just wants to react to certain things once she discovers the uh, picture of the girl and then she wants to meet her wants to but like i just feel that sometimes if you are restrained and you don't have so much happening you also convey things really well a very good example of this is vidya balan's sherni incredible like i don't know i haven't seen some like a film like that in years and such little is happening but you know she is emoting all of it without saying much not a lot to react to but i do feel that it kind of uh, did not go very deep and it stayed at the surface yeah i i mean and that's an interesting observation that the film stayed at its surface because it's interesting right like the it it was trying to tackle very deep matters or complicated matters uh it it was trying to tackle matters of death of widowhood of uh, of money you know and, and people who desperately desperately need money of the greed and the need of money of of women's independence so it it is and and of course the, the minority issues uh sandhya having a, a muslim friend staying during a, a very like somber hindu ceremony in in that household uh and how it makes makes like the host uncomfortable it, it it's touching on all of these different issues but not but only dipping its toes you know it's not really like sort of um and and, and i guess it would have taken you know I, I, i do believe this this one is pretty well written this the script is strong the the story writing is strong it would have probably taken the next leap of script writing to to be able to go deep without going uh, without making the film too long without like you know you still have to sort of package it within the same um accessible sort of time frame you know that that these films are being released in nowadays uh but that said uh it 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 is a fun movie i agree with you it's complicated it's fun and uh, i really enjoyed sanam malhotra's performance um as somebody who as i said I, you know I, i really love lucknow every time i see lucknow on screen i get hungry it just reminds me of all the incredible food you can find on the streets there so um so so for me i i can never get enough of these of these type of movies. so Harshita wanna thank you for joining us and uh look forward to her next piece well the next multiple pieces that she be writing for us on the chapter yeah. <laughs> thank you karan always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, yeah thank you for having me a big thank you to all the guests for joining us today and of course to all the listeners who have tuned in i hope you have enjoyed this episode please check us out on the chakkar.com and we are on facebook on instagram and twitter at the chakkar until next time chakkar ghumte raho <laughs>